Welcome back, friends. Today we're looking at Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. Heavenly Father, I just so thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your life. I thank you that you lead us, that you guide us, that you have given us in your word everything we need to see you. You have given us a path that leads us to you. Not that you've given us every answer, but you've given us a way to connect with the one who does have every answer, God. That we would just be able to connect with you, that we would be able to know you, walk with you, love you, live with you, follow you, serve you, and obey you, God. Father, just ask you would open our eyes and teach us today. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first commandment of all is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. And the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth. For there is one God, and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. So as we look at this, it's important to remember, this is, if you've been around church for any length of time, this is a passage you've probably heard. You've probably heard this said, um, a lot of times, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's something that's repeated frequently, but I think it's repeated so frequently that we often forget just the depth and the meaning that is actually here. So these commandments is something that, they, well, that the, Jew, the Jewish people would have actually been taught from a young age. They would have been taught very early on. This is something that they would recite regularly. That would be It's words that would become known to them. And folks, really, I think we, we get in the same situation. You may not have yet learned it from when you were little, but it, they're words that often become um, common. They become familiar. And I think we actually lose some of the weight that's of what's in here. Because it says, the first commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Um, and we want to remember that, I mean, right off the bat. Um, it may not be the answer that you're thinking, but to, to realize that the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. There is one God. There is no other. There is one. So if we've got our, if we've got divided loyalties, we're already missing the mark. And we can't even, that's almost like the, the precursor to, um, precursor to the commands. Um, but to realize that the Lord is one. It's not, and it's easy to let other lords, other gods rise up. Because we say there's only one God, but the reality is we live our lives like there's many. We live our lives like there are other gods. Whatever is controlling your life, whatever is the, whatever has the influence, the directing ability in your life, folks, reality is that's your God. That is what you have made your God in your life. It may not be the God. It may not be a, a true God. It may be a false God, but whatever it is, um, whether it's your job, whether it's your family, whether it's a hobby, whether it's... Um, sports, whatever it is, whatever actually controls your life, whatever actually directs your life, reality is, folks, that's your God. 
So if your job is actually directing you and your job has more control over you than anything else, and I'm not saying it means you've got to get up that because your job tells you you've got to be to work at eight o'clock um, and you've got to stay till seven o'clock, then then your job is your God. But if but if your job is what consumes your mind, if it is what's drawing you in, if that's your focus, if that's your desire to to succeed, to get more, to have more, then folks, reality is your job has become your God. And we need to have one God, and that is the Lord in heaven, the one that sent his son, the, the one that took on flesh, that paid the price for our sins so that we could know him, that we could be transformed, we could be brought back into relationship with him and ultimately live with him forever. So the first of all the commandments is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then it jumps into the next part. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. So it's loving him with everything we have. And folks, that a lot of people say they love God, but the reality is their lives don't look it. So we can't just give lip service to the fact that we think we love God. And I say we think because... There's people that say, oh, I do love God. I do love God. And they may very well believe that they do. But what's the fruit of your life? What are the actions that you take? If I, if when I met my wife, if I told her that I, if we got the chance to know each other and I told her that I loved her and then we went on and got married and I kept telling her that I loved her, but I lived the same life that I lived before I met her. If I was still out, um, if I was still out at the bars, if I was still out doing this and that and never really came around and never really hung out with her and never really talked to her and never really actually spent any time with her. I could say that I love her all day long, but nobody in their right mind would actually believe me. So if things, if we don't actually have something that in our lives that change when we say we love God, then do we really? Um, Jesus actually said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And folks, there's a lot of people that kind of pull back from this idea of, well, it's not legalistic. It's not about the rules. And folks, you're right. It's not about the rules. It's about who God is. It's about who Christ is. It's about what he did for us. But the reality is when you realize what God actually did for you, when you actually love God, you're going to want to do what he says to do. You can't say, God, I love you, but I'm going to do my own thing. Folks, reality is that's not love. That's you trying to stay out of hell and thinking you're going to be able to get away with it. And it's not going to work that way. It's either that or you're not even worried about hell. You just want God to bless you. You're seeking blessings, but you're not seeking God. If you say that you love God and you do not do what he says and you are not striving to follow after him, and that doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes. Folks, we're going to mess up at times. But if the intent of your life is to follow after God, to walk in obedience to his commands, the things he calls us to, then the reality is you may actually be able to prove or be able to reveal and show that you love God. And I'm not sitting back saying that I'm that someone can look at you by what you do and judge you and say, you do or you don't love God. I'm asking you to look at your own heart. I'm not putting judgment on you from the outside. I want you to examine your own life. What controls you? Do you actually desire to follow the things of God? Because if you don't, then you can't say that you love him. You would be a liar. Because the reality is God knows the plans for our life. He knows what he has for us. And the commands that he's given us aren't to like take all the fun out of life and to make life one big, like boring, I don't know what you want to call it. But it's not what he's here for. It's not the purpose. The commands of God are to lead us into a deeper relationship with him, to transform our lives, that we would be more like him, that we would actually be able to live the fulfilled life he called us to. Does it make it easy? No, it doesn't. 
Does it mean we're going to be different? Absolutely. But why would we not want to be different when we realize what God has saved us from? The reality is he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross that we could know him, that we could be transformed, that the grace and the power of God would actually be able to transform our lives and restore us into a new life. The old life we lived, that folks, reality is no matter how successful you look, without God, your life isn't very successful. You don't have anything that's going to last. And I would much rather take a lasting relationship with God and not have all the money than to have all the money in the world and actually miss out on God because he's the one that actually loves me. Um, When the world will fail me, when people will let me down, he never will. So when it says that we need to love him with all of our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and all our strength, this is a good, that is a consuming. There is nothing of us that isn't listed there. That is a consuming love. And the reality is folks, we can only learn to love God like that when we surrender to him and ask him to teach us how to love him. Because even without God, we can't even love because God is love. We can, people say they love each other all the time, but if they don't know God, they have no even real ability to love anyone. So folks, I would actually say this to, especially to those of you who are single, those of you who are younger, um, teenagers, young adults, if you're looking to get into a relationship, first off, you need to make sure that you love God first, um, that you're able to live this out and actually your desire is to walk this out. Because if you don't actually love God, if you don't have a relationship with him where he's teaching you what love is and you realize how much he loves you and you're learning to love him, you're never going to be able to love anyone else. First and foremost, if you can't love God, you're never going to be able to learn how to love someone else. It'll be feelings driven. It'll be selfish. It'll be motivated by all the wrong things. And it'll be a mess from the word go and ultimately end in pain, hurt, and heartache and won't leave you anywhere closer to God, but probably further away. And at the same time, if you are looking for um, a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, wherever you're at, and you're looking at someone who doesn't actually know God, who's not pursuing a relationship with him, who's not actually in love with God. And I'm not talking about someone who goes to church on Sunday. I'm talking about someone who actually truly loves God, desires to know him more, is pursuing after him, and God is the most important thing in their life. If that's not the person you're looking for, you're missing the mark. Because the reality is, without God, no one's going to be able to come anywhere near loving you the way you should be loved. They're not going to even realize what love is. They'll come, they'll have feelings, they'll like you, and then it's all about feelings and emotions. And then when the feelings fade, so does the love because that's how our society works. That's how our culture works. They think love is a feeling, but in reality, love is two things. One, love is a choice, but love is more importantly a person. It is the person of Jesus Christ who actually demonstrated for us what love is. So if you're not loving God first, then you have no ability to love anyone else because you haven't even learned what it is. So how do we love God? We come to him. We ask him to teach us how to love him. We ask him to empower us to love him. And we keep his commandments. It's not and it's not a matter of God saying, prove that you love me by keeping my commands. No, if we truly see who God is and what he's done for us, our heart will want to follow after him. We will want to follow the things that he says. And that's just the reality of it, folks. Um, so we're going to move on. And then we've got um, in verse 31, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these Um, There's other retellings of this particular encounter where it says all of the laws and all the prophets hang on these two things. But the reality is 
We have to love God first. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So the reality is, folks, you've got to learn to love yourself first. And the only way you're going to do that is by realizing how much God loves you. So it's all kind of interconnected. Um, because if you don't even lo- if you don't even like yourself, reality is you're not going to be able to love somebody else. There's so many people in relationships and trying to do things for other people so that they can kind of get their self-worth up um, or they find they find someone who makes them feel good and makes them feel more important so they love that person because of what they get from them folks that's a selfish self-centered self-focused relationship um, that is the exact opposite of what jesus called us to because if you remember jesus very words were deny yourself pick up your cross and follow me so anything that is rooted in selfishness anything that is rooted in what i can get from someone else is totally off base totally out of bounds um, but it says you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the reality is, folks, that's what's going to happen. How many times have you met someone who's just kind of got this sour outlook on life? You can just tell they don't even really like themselves. And then you watch them interact with other people and they treat other people the exact same way they treat themselves. <clears throat> it, I'm not a huge one for psychology, but psychology's at least got this one figured out. Um, I'm not against it. I just, I'm not even going to go there. I, I think psychology is great um, for the appropriate time and place, but I think that Jesus is the ultimate answer. I think sometimes psychology tries to put a bandaid on something that God wants to fix. I'm going to leave it at that. But with this, psychology has got it figured out. It's this whole idea where people actually project their thoughts and their feelings and opinions out on, out on other people. So if someone doesn't like themselves, then they're going to look at other people and treat other people like they don't like them. Because they're believing that other people don't like them. If someone's just very critical of themselves and very hard on themselves, they're going to frequently treat other people the exact same way. So the reality is, folks, you're going to love other people the same way you love yourself. So first, love God, realize that he loves you, and learn to love yourself so that you can love your neighbor as you love yourself. But we need to be able to love others. And the only way we can do that is through God. Um, 1 John 4.20 says, if someone says, I love God, and hates his brother he is a liar for he does, for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot how can he love god whom he has not seen let me read that one more time if someone says i love god and hates his brother he is a liar for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen how can he love god whom he has not seen Folks, the reality is that each and every person you see was created in the image of God. Whether you want to believe it or not, whether you like that idea or not, each and every person you see was created in the image of God. And God is actually in love with each and every person that he's created. So there is no one on this planet that God hates and despises. There is no one on this planet that was not created in God's image that he does not love. There is no one on this planet that you will encounter that Jesus did not come and die for. While we were still sinners, Christ came and died for us. So there are there are a lot of people that are going to walk way outside of God's, um, God's plan for them? Absolutely. Are there people who are going to ultimately face the judgment of God and the penalty for their sins? Absolutely. But that does not change the fact that God still loves them. <clears throat> and that we need to love them as well. Not just because they've done something nice to us. Not just because we like them, folks. Love is not like like is a feeling love is a person and his name is jesus and it is also a conscious choice that we have to make so there's no way you can honestly say there's no way you can truthfully say that you love god while you're hating other people while you're holding on to unforgiveness and bitterness it doesn't work you can think that you do but what you will ultimately end up doing is you will end up twisting your mind 
and you're going to start off miserable. You're going to start off frustrated. You're going to find that your life isn't where you see that it could be. You're going to be looking at you're going to be looking at the scriptures, and you're going to be saying, "What's going on here? I see all these things, but they, they either they don't make sense, or they just constantly convict me, or I'm just constantly frustrated." The reality is, folks, it's because you are not willing to let go of the things you're holding against other people and actually love them. And folks, that is one of the most important things we can do. Um, I think we actually just read it not too long ago. Let's see if I can find it. It shouldn't be too far off. Um, I can't find it even though it's someplace right in here. But Jesus even said, um, if you don't forgive, you're not going to be forgiven. Um, and that's one of those things we've, we've already talked about that, that forgiveness is just one of those things that's so important because God forgave us and you want God to forgive you, but you won't forgive others. So folks, here's the thing. We've got to let go of some stuff. Is it comfortable? No. Does it make sense to majority of our society? Absolutely not. But we need to let go of everything, let go of our lives. And we love God with everything that we are, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and all of our strength, love him with everything. And I'd say one thing about loving God with all your mind, you're going to hear a lot of things. There's a lot of people teaching a lot of stuff. Um, we can't get so intellectual with the word of God that we miss the God of the word. Um, if you're if you're running your mind and you're interpreting things or or you're listening to someone who's interpreting things in a way that actually indicts God or actually kind of like makes it look like God might be wrong, folks, we can't be doing that. That's just a very dangerous place to be. Um, God's right always. He's never been wrong. He never will be wrong. If we're looking at his word, if we're looking at what he says and we don't agree, we're the ones who's wrong, not him. So when you say we say that we're going to love God with all of our mind, then we need to be willing to let him transform our mind and bring our lines into our minds into alignment with his, not our own understanding. It is his understanding that is actually right, not ours. So we're going to move on from that. And so we see that Jesus said these things. And in verse 32, so the scribe said to him, well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth. For there is one God and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, all the soul, with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now, when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. <clears throat> so even the scribe, he looks um, in verse 33. Um, he says, to do all these things is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. So they had the Jews had a system of sacrifices and offerings that they would offer up for their sins for all this. There were so many. Um, there was constantly... There were constantly sacrifices going on at the temple, constantly blood being shed, constantly animals being burned um, on the altar. But even the scribe says that that following these two, adhering to these two commands is greater than all the sacrifices and all the offerings. So folks, the reality is loving God with everything we are and loving others as we love ourselves as God has called us to. That's greater than any sacrifice you can give. It, that's greater than anything you anything you may think you give up. 
Um, it's bigger than anything you may donate. It's bigger than any donation. It's so much bigger than any of the stuff we can do in Jesus' name. But just being being willing to love God and love others. Because the reality is, folks, that's what God did for us when he sent his son. He loved us and he sent his son for us. So it's not a matter of, well, I gave this much money or I I stopped doing this. I gave up this. I gave up that. I did this. I paid this. I gave this away. That's not where it's at. Do those things happen? Absolutely. When we're walking in obedience to God, when we love him, there's things about our lives that are going to change. We're going to want to bring some things in order. When we love others, are we going to donate? Are we going to give our time? Are we going to give our money? Are we going to give our resources? Absolutely. But not because we're trying to earn favor with God. It comes out of who we are. The reality is we don't follow God's rules because we want to get his approval because we're trying to get something from him. We realize we've already been given everything because we've already been given everything from God. Our lives change and we give everything back to him. So everything we do doesn't come trying to earn his approval, doesn't try, doesn't come trying to make God happy and do the right stuff. He's made us right. He views us right through the blood of Jesus. Our response to that is walking in obedience and laying everything down to follow him. God, I just ask that you would just open our eyes to your love, God, that you would give us such a deep revelation and understanding of just how much you love us, God, that our eyes would be open and that we would never be the same. Teach us what true love is. Teach us how to love like you loved God. But first, teach us how to love our, how, teach us how to love you. Teach us how to love ourselves. Lord, that we would, we would realize just how much you care about us, just what you have done. And our heart's overwhelming response would be, I'm going to follow you no matter what. Because if you did all this for me, then you must have my best in mind. You must know what is best for me. And God, flowing from that place, we can truly love ourselves because the reality is if we see just how much you love us, we see that we're worth it. We see that our life must have value. If you were willing to come down, take on flesh, be beaten and abused, suffer the torment of the cross just so that I could have a relationship with you, my life must have value. You must love me because of what you've done. And the only response I have at that point in time is to love the other people that you paid the exact same price for and you see the exact same way. So, Father, open our eyes. Give us the grace to walk this out and teach us to just follow you and love and trust that your grace will take us there. Holy Spirit, consume us and lead us forward. Father, I just ask that we would be your love, that we would reveal your love today to each and every person that we encounter. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray this. Amen. Thank you.